Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome back to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. We are out of health and safety protocols. We are back. Well, I was never in health and safety protocols, but Neil was in health and safety protocols. Uh, do you want to do you want to discuss that a little bit here in a press conference here? Sure. For yeah, New it's, it's uh, out of an abundance of caution, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you got to take caution. This time sure. of the year is the perfect storm where allergy season kicks you in the ass, mm-hmm. flu season Preach. kicks you in the ass, Preach. and Toronto crazy land weather here uh, where it's literally beach weather one day and yep. then snowing the next. I was wearing shorts one day. I believe that. And then the next day I was back to my winter coat, but that's Canada for you. Well, that's why, you know, and, and that coupled with our mask mandate now being dissolved. Lifted. Um, Lifted, yeah. There is extra cause for uh, concern around the city of Toronto. Yeah. And I was in the health and safety protocols for a little while. You were. Yeah. COVID has not disappeared, even though no. like these, these protocols, these, uh, the, the mask mandates have, have been lifted. COVID's still still there. So you still got to take those precautions, kids. You still got to make sure you're staying as healthy and and, uh, happy as possible. Symptom-free. Symptom-free. Yeah. Uh, But we're back. We're here. We're healthy. We got a shit ton to talk about. Why don't we dive in? Lots of catch up on. We got to dive in. We haven't done Losers of the Week in a while. So shall we? Let's get into it. Loser. I, I have a feeling... I know what you're going because, like, we briefly talked about this before, but I want you to start off this conversation here. Okay, my loser of the week, Josh, is yeah. um, let's hear it. Any basically any league that has the setting of you're talking fantasy league, fantasy league. Fantasy league. Pardon me, I'm jumping the gun here. Yeah, you're, let me slow this down. I can see the the fire coming coming. The out of beef your ears I there. have with fantasy leagues is. When the settings are set up in the in the sense that your last your playoff finals your finals is being played in the last week of the actual season or mm-hmm. the second last week of the actual season, mm-hmm. essentially the last like five or six games of the season. For some teams, those games don't matter. For other teams, it does matter. But the thing is, when you're drafting a team. At the beginning of the season, you're not really thinking about if you're going to have players sitting out. No. Um, so what I'm suggesting is that this just gets push, pushed back by a week. Push, you know? push forward? Push forward a week. So like end the, the season okay, okay, okay. one week earlier. Right. Some leagues have adapted this. My loser of the week is the commissioner of this league that failed to do so. Um, I'm not going to name names. So but your he, loser is me here. I'm not gonna name. I'm not here to point fingers and name names, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it's someone in this room that's not me. Uh, it's either me or my dog. So it caused it's... me to lose. It, let me just break it down. It caused me to so lose wait, you're, a very you're, close final. You're blaming me for you losing. I'm the not blaming final. you. I'm not blaming you at this exact junction of the season. I'm saying this should have been done 29 weeks ago when we set the league up. Okay, so uh, are you going to allow me to, to state my case here in front please, of the, in front of the jury? Please do. Uh, so this was a, a weird season, obviously. 
Um, you don't when I when I make the length of the season, I go. I actually do my research on what the schedule is and what the schedule looks like. And that will determine when I want the playoffs to be. It's also, I also do research on like Reddit um, and subreddits and stuff like that on when they are doing their playoffs for the year. Uh, Playoffs are usually three weeks um, in fantasy sports and in basketball and hockey. Um, And, you know, it's, you want it. You don't want it to be the last week of the season. So our fantasy league playoffs ended last week. I don't really take into account which team I think is going to be tanking at that point in the season. It can be any team. You don't really know when you're making the league or when you're drafting what teams are going to be tanking. So I don't think your beef is with me. I think your beef is with these specific coaches and managers of the actual legit teams for tanking and sitting out players? Uh, I'll just say let's agree to disagree because my beef is with you. Fair. Uh, because here, here's another thing. Okay. Guys like Jeremy Grant, yeah. guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh-huh. they were shut down because last they week. they were injured. They weren't shut down. No, they weren't. They were just Shea shut is injured. Down. Shea is injured. Injured. He is. Playing every other game. I, I, I had Damian Lillard sit out because he was injured. But, but he wasn't playing one game on, one game off like Shea was. Shea was evidently not injured. Injury management. Just like I had Phantom Fred Phantom injuries are not actually injuries. I had Fred Van Vliet sit out every other game for injury All management. All I'm saying is that the conclusion to have them sit out the remainder of the games in the season happened last week, not the week prior. And that's why my beef is with you. Okay, so I will look in to making the 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 playoffs end a week earlier. How's that? I I did make adaptations to the rules of the league as the season went on in terms of like adding two more IL spots with the amount of people that went into COVID protocols. Uh, if you remember during that Christmas break when yeah every single player was going into health and safety protocols. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, we were losing these, these players were dropping like flies and it was affecting our weeks. And so I was just like, okay, why don't I pull the group? How do you guys feel about adding another aisle spot? Yeah. And you guys were all like, yeah, we're all into it. I'm like, I'm here. Right. I'm here to just say, you know, like it is, it is a hard job being a commissioner of it a is. league. It and is I'm very, the commissioner and it's very taxing. It is. It takes up all of your time. It does. Um, there's a lot of pressure riding on you. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, you did a miraculous job this year. You know, it's wow. kudos to you. Um, you just called me the, your loser of the week. So this is uh, kudos this is to you. You know, an eight-year-old could have figured this out. Oh, um, but hey, hats off to you. This is a lot of hard work that went into the season. You know what? Being really the commissioner. Is. It really is. Um, a lot of you know, not nights. all heroes wear capes, and it's obvious here. So. Yeah, that's fair. Sometimes they wear a lot of hair product instead uh i guess we should move on to my loser of the week um it is not you um my loser of the week is a team is it I, I, should i go so far as to say a nation um woodbridge is going to come after me for this one but team italy you went there not said qualifying for the world cup and i've made comments to uh my italian friends like in passing like uh, specifically when we were watching the World Cup draw for the group stage. Yeah. Um, I was just like, oh, I don't see Italy up. 
oh right that's right they didn't make it into the into the world cup and i i thought i was gonna die from who i from who i said that to for sure um but this is not the first time they didn't make the world cup they didn't make the last world cup but they won the euro cup i don't know i don't know what's going on in their team management over there and their in their gameplay but it just it doesn't it's not a good look to not make two back-to-back world cups I don't yeah. understand how they missed two World Cups in a row. One of the top nations in the, the world. In the world. <clears throat> and they got beat by North Macedonia. Huge for North Macedonia. 100%. Um, biggest win in history, of course. Um, North Macedonia did not make the World Cup. No. But celebrations all around to all Macedonians everywhere mm-hmm. when they take down a, a nation like Italy. 100%. And they, you know, beating Italy. They, they got outshot like 41 to 3 in that game, and they still won. And, yeah, they had the chance to play against Portugal for that for that play-in spot, um, and it ended up going to Portugal. Bruno Fernandes was, was amazing in that game. <laughs> But, um, you know, the whole conversation around, you know, that specific World Cup qualifying group stage was that, oh, no, Italy and Portugal are going to have to play for that last spot. One of them's not going to make it. That was the whole conversation was that, like, that specific game where Italy is going to play Portugal is going to be the one that everyone's going to watch. But little did they know that little old North Macedonia was the nation to actually take down Italy before that final no, a game? A little so much, man. Like I mean, no, I'm not. I, well, I'm, you know, they're a powerhouse now. They, they are a powerhouse. When you, whenever they're you take not down to be Italy, fucked with. No, and you know who else is a powerhouse, Neil? Team Canada, because they have officially qualified for the World Cup. Did you actually watch the draw for the World Cup? I did live like mm-hmm. it was the most interesting thing i've ever seen having nation after nation pulled obviously they go through their tiers of teams mm-hmm. the different pots yep. the different pots um <laughs> for canada to get drawn last out of any team mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to me you know what i mean like it just it almost was set up to be that way I don't. I don't necessarily agree with the the distribution of the teams in these specific pots. Um, I don't yeah. think it's. I think it's completely subjective to to certain teams to fit certain teams. Like you know, there are going to be certain teams that bring in more TV revenue, and if they're pitted against you know lower level teams, they're not going to bring in that same sort of revenue. Um, so I think everything's i know there's so much wrong with fifa there's so much wrong there's so much so many corruptions within fifa so it wouldn't surprise me if there were some you know ulterior motives to making these pots yeah i think um definitely easier groups than canada ended up drawing with canada drew with morocco croatia and of course belgium mm-hmm. um one tier that is quite friendly to our neighbors down south is is the tier with England, Iran, and the United States, mm-hmm. like and that, Algeria, and Al- and yeah, like there's there's no question that the U.S. has an easier group than Canada does. I would say England has an easier group because they're in that. 
I don't think if the US England, makes it okay, past if England does not make it out of that group, that is a bigger disappointment than Italy, in my opinion. Hundred percent. I mean, England just, you know, was robbed out of their out of their Euro Cup final the last time we saw them in on the global stage. So, um, but going back to to Team Canada and their specific group. Everyone's looking at this. If you if you watch if you're a watcher of of uh, world football, you'll know that Team Belgium is a powerhouse. They're every um, Euro Cup, every World Cup they go into, they're favorites. Same thing with Croatia. Uh, more more recently than anything, but Belgium I think is going to finish top of our group. Um, it's just a matter of who makes it. Who's the second team to make it out of that group? And I honestly think it can be Canada. Canada is a young team. They're a super young team, but they're also a super fast team. Alfonso Davies is one of the, if not the best left back in the world. And he's one of the fastest players in the world. He's back starting today for Bayern. So he's back from injury and he's starting today for Bayern. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have, I mean, barring his health, any other... his health is like incredibly important to the success. Team 100%. Um, and the whole reason why this past window was more difficult than other past windows for team Canada was that we didn't have Alfonso Davies, but going back to them as a, as a team, as a whole, this team is plays like a club team. They don't play like a, a nation team. Like you often see like even Team England, Team Italy obviously has their struggles because they don't play together, right? They're not playing they're often great, They're together. great individually, but there's no chemistry. There's no chemistry. Yeah, they haven't played enough. We see it a lot in England because together. half of these players play for rival, like half of them play for Everton, half of them play for Liverpool, and they hate each other. Half of them play for City, half of them play for Manchester United, and they hate each other. So you're seeing these rivalries, these rivals, when they show up, you know, on the training ground, you'll you'll see the pictures of them like getting along, but they still don't like each other. Whereas these Canadians, they're just happy to be here. Like these yeah. Canadians coming and playing playing with each other, half of them grew up together. Like half of them trained together since childhood. So like they're camaraderie is so impressive and you see that in their style of play is that they know where to feed the ball through they know where to lob it they know who's going to be there they know how fast each one of them is like down to probably like the specific kilometer per hour so this team is going to be a scary team to play against i heard uh, john herdman right after the you know, the drafts were made, the team selections into the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And he said, first off, I got to give credit where credit's due. John Herdman is the reason Team Canada is, is going to the World Cup. 100%. He did it with the women. And back uh, a few years ago, when he took over this team in March 18, uh, 2018, four years ago, he knew that this team had what it takes to make it to the World yeah. Cup. He knew. He was the were, only one that believed that Qatar would be a possibility. People were looking at him like he was crazy. Everyone was looking at him. Was, yeah. The team itself didn't believe in themselves. Because so many of these managers have come and gone for Team Canada saying, I'm going to bring success to this nation. 
Hasn't happened since the 80s. When he came on, he had a plan. You know what I mean? He had a plan to change the culture. He had a plan to change everyone's mindset and outlook on how this team can perform. And he did it. Yeah. And when I listened to him with that interview with James Duthie, which was an interesting choice of person on panel to be interviewing him, um, but James Duthie of TSN, he was saying all the right things. He was saying, okay, it's been 36 years since Canada has made it to the World Cup. This isn't about, it's not about how Canada performs. It's about going and getting the experience. It's about going and enjoying the journey mm-hmm. and setting themselves up and familiarizing themselves. It's true. Canada has never played like a team in the world. You know what yeah. I mean? Outside of CONCACAF, they've played New Zealand and I think they've played um, uh, Iran or so. They've played like lower level teams. They've never mm-hmm. played against a team caliber players such as uh, Belgium or Croatia. Mm-hmm. This team is going to experience that. They're probably going to get destroyed on a national stage, but it's going to be an experience <laughs> and I would never bet against this Canadian team. Mm-hmm. I agree. I It's not like when... We drew the group that we drew. Belgium and Croatia are obviously the favorites to make it out of that group. Yeah. But I would not count out this team. Canada. We're obviously going to talk about it more closer to the actual the actual World Cup in the fall. But it's an exciting time to be a Canadian soccer fan. It's yeah. an exciting time. I think this is going to bring in more viewership to MLS in Canada, to even the Canadian Premier League in Canada, because it's, it's getting huge that. for the youth. Like yeah. the youth that are just up and coming now, you you want them to be interested in in playing football and playing soccer. Yeah. Like you want them to be doing them. That's how you know. That's how this nation will continue to grow and get better. That's how this program will continue to improve. Yeah. So four, eight, 12, 16 years down the road, we can compete with these top nations and perhaps even be a top nation. We're seeing it like even in basketball, like with the Raptors winning their first ever... Yeah, the We the North movement is yeah. because of Vince Carter. Because of Vince Carter, but also... You look at the Canadian contingent, like Jamal Murray, yeah. Shea Gilgis. They grew up watching Andrew BC. Wiggins. Like they, yeah. Yeah, and even like seeing, yeah, like I was just alluding to, the Raptors winning their championship. Like we're going to see, like the Canadian basketball fans have never seen their yeah. team succeed on that grand stage man we saw back-to-back drafts where canadians went first overall mm-hmm. one of them didn't pan out but like that's that's massive canadians yeah. back-to-back first overall in the nba it's gonna happen again in mls it, yeah you we're, know, we're so. seeing it we're and i yeah i again i commend john herman and everything he's done for canadian soccer going forward uh should we move our focus a little bit yeah, we have some fun, <laughs> some fun topics here to talk about. Um, did you end up watching WrestleMania this past weekend? Uh, so it, wasn't it over two days? This two-day event, which I did was not, interesting. I did not subscribe to it. I, I didn't saw, watch the entire thing, but I saw highlights. I saw all the highlights. Yeah, everything that happened because you know I, these are the a lot of the people I grew up watching, like Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back. I grew up watching him, like the. He came back to actually fight Kevin Owens, who is a uh, Canadian, a Canadian wrestler. And, uh, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about what happened when Stone Cold came back? 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin, who hasn't wrestled in a match since 2003. 19 years. 19 years. He made his return for mm. the first time in 19 years. And he came back. And usually, you know, when, when Stone Cold returns, it's like a cameo appearance where he, like, talks on the mic. Mm-hmm. He'll, like, drink some beer and, and do his thing. Give um, someone a stunner. And get give a, someone the stunner and then leaves. Yeah. But... Not this time. He had a 19-year hiatus. He has been retired for 19 years. 19 years. And he returned. And it took everyone by surprise. He returned and he, he wrestled a 14-minute match for someone at his age after being away for so long. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And then I don't know if... I mean, we've talked about the the specific stunner to to Vince McMahon, but if you if you haven't seen the video yet, <laughs> do yourself a favor and go watch it. We'll post it if we haven't posted it already to our social media account. We should because if it's just the the biggest, we're gonna see it on the blooper reel all throughout the year. But the stunner that Stone Cold tried to give to Vince McMahon, who is how old is Vince? He's got to be, like, late In his 80s. Yeah. This WrestleMania event had so many fucking incredible moments. Like, Logan Paul wrestled a match. Don't even get me started. Logan Paul came out with a $500,000 Pokemon card laminated into a chain, a diamond chain, with hanging was this $500,000 Pokemon card, most expensive Pokemon card in the world. He had that as part of his entrance. He actually looked like a, a Pokemon trainer with his attire and in the all yellow and, and orange trim. I'm not going to lie. He wrestled an actual match. He was against Rey Mysterio. I'm not going to lie. Like He was impressive. Like Some of the moves he was throwing out there, it was impressive. Uh, you saw Pat McAfee. Oh my god! Former legendary punter Pat McAfee, who is a commentator <laughs> in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, full-time commentator. Uh, he wrestled a match and then got assaulted by Vince McMahon and then got stunnered by Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was like, that looked like a better stunner because just the way he had his beer in his mouth. And that's always the best stunners from, from my childhood was, you know, when he would be drinking a beer with someone, think everything's good, and then he just gives them the stunner. They spit out their beer in the air. That tried to happen to, or they tried to make that happen with Vince McMahon, but he just, he kind of like fell over as he got kicked in the in the gut by Stone Cold. And he kind of fell over and, you know, you could see Stone Cold trying to help him back up so he could give him the stun. <laughs> he was like falling backwards and he was trying to like hug him up and like actually gave him the stunner. And it just, oh, it was, it was a funny thing to watch. It was incredible. It as... Was- for someone at the age of Vince McMahon, I just looked it up. He's 76. Um, 76. 76-year-old. And someone at the age at Stone Cold is, which he's got to be in his mid-50s now. If if not later than that. For that, for that, like, our childhood, like, growing up with the Attitude Era, like, watching it, it made for some very entertaining TV and very yeah. entertaining watch. And it was nice. It was a little bit of nostalgia coming back, you know, watching the, the, him flip the two birds, drink some beer, stunner, yeah. stunner some people, not give a fuck. I mean, I feel like that's what every WrestleMania is. He came right? out on his 4x4, four four, drove around the ring a couple yeah. times. 
yeah great. that's what every wrestlemania is is that you you get to live through that nostalgia you they always bring back some people that you you didn't expect like i remember a couple of years ago where they brought back matt and jeff hardy oh it's great it was great uh another uh some other cool moments from wrestlemania was uh it was very subtle but the way the way that the WrestleMania started was Triple H coming out. I don't know if you saw that, but he left his boots in the ring, kind of saying that, like, this is him retiring from in-ring. He came out and he introduced WrestleMania. He gave the whole, like, uh, Triple H, um, you know, his his, his uh, cameo on the mic where he hypes the crowd up. And then as he's leaving, he just leaves a set of boots in the ring. And that was, like, the picturesque moment. Um, also, The Undertaker was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, that was also a cool moment because as he was leaving, I don't know if you saw that, but as he was leaving, he kind of looks back, he goes back cause they had his, his suits like all throughout his years, like set up in the ring with him as he was giving his speech and he went back up, put one on and he put his hat on and he grabbed the mic and he said, never say never. And then he walks out and it's just like, gives you chills. Cause that's like who the undertaker is. You see, you're going to see him again. It's going to be something. Maybe 19 years is a long time. You probably see him in a few years, you know, do a cameo here or there. He's been in the game for a long ass time. He's been there for a while. Yeah. And you could see it in the way he was wrestling, like in his later years. He's obviously not the same athlete as he was. Um, but yeah, no, he's still. Like his entrances will will be all time. We just need him to come out and do the entrance. That's all yeah. we need. We don't want to see the in ring stuff. We want to see him maybe choke slam someone. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like yeah, like, do a choke slam. I would love to see the Undertaker choke slam uh, like an incompetent fantasy commissioner one day. Oh yeah, yeah. I was wondering where you were going with that. I would but, love uh, to see that. I would also love to see that. I would love to be <laughs> choke slam by the Undertaker. <laughs> that's on my bucket list. So. <laughs> I definitely love to see that for sure. Where's Mark Calloway? Let's get him out here. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was a it was a great WrestleMania. It was it was pretty cool to see. Uh, should we move on though? Yeah, let's talk some Raptors before we get into the Raptors. Yeah, let's talk about some of the disappointments this season in the NBA, notably the LA Lakers. LA Lakers were everyone's favorite to win the championship this year. When they made that trade for Russell Wilson, everyone... Russell Westbrook. <laughs> well, they probably wow. would have been better off than Russell Wilson. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Russell Wilson doing in some <laughs> off-season work, light work with the NBA. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, when they made that trade, they thought, okay, how is anyone going to be able to stop this team? Mm-hmm. You and I included. Like We thought that you know they were the bee's knees. We thought no one could beat them. I mean, I didn't say bee's knees because I'm not a well, 55-year-old woman named Agnes. the bee's but, knees. Okay. Yeah. Give the bee's knees. You're not so. a 55-year-old woman? Not that I know of. No, no your hairstyle tells me otherwise. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone Raptors. thought that they were going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost last night to the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. essentially ending their season. Not essentially. On, on Twitter, Cancun was trending. And I had no idea why Cancun was trending, so I clicked it. Okay. I'm like, why the fuck is Cancun trending? I'm intrigued. Clicked it, and I saw a plethora of photos 
of all the Lakers on vacation in Cancun. Right now? No, not right now. Just like photoshopped. Like, oh, have fun. And like everyone's throwing like sombreros and like they're saying, oh, it's time for vacation. I didn't realize that the Lakers had all this hatred going on and everyone rooting against them for them to lose. I agree. The Lakers have always been the unbeatable franchise, right? And so everyone is almost rooting for them to not succeed. We want to see the Lakers fall and fail. Um, that's, I mean, it's always kind of been like that. Like, obviously we're going to be happy for LeBron when he wins the championship, but you know, the Lakers are the, the, the measuring stick team, right? Like, you know, you can tell how well your team is doing in a season based off of how well you match up against the Lakers. It's incredible. Like what, what, like, I don't understand where they go from here. You know, like they, if they bring everyone back next year, they still won't make the playoffs. I think they finally have to realize that trading up every one of your bench players, every one of your depth players for one specific player is not a sustainable way to make a franchise successful. And we saw that with them giving up everyone for Anthony Davis. Yes, they won the championship that year. That was the bubble year where everything kind of went to shit. Um, And maybe there's still an asterisk on that win. But after that, they gave up everyone else for Russell Westbrook. Their entire Lakers team from last year is now the Washington Wizards because they made that trade for Russell Westbrook, not Russell Wilson. Um, But now when you see those three players on the court, it was like a Brooklyn scenario from last year where they barely played together because half of them were injured. They're all getting up there in age, minus maybe Anthony Davis. Um, But they're going to have those injury management, those those load management games where they're not going to get that fluidity between the three of them even even yeah yeah i understand anthony davis maybe might not be as older as the other guys but he's he's glass he's made of glass Mm -hmm. he cannot play when was the last time he played a full season he's injured every other game he ever has um anyways lebron james is eligible to sign a two-year 97 million dollar extension this season that will keep him a laker through the 2025 season do you think he can he should sign it so is he? He's not a free agent this season, is he? No. So he has one year left on a contract. He's eligible to sign an extension to that one-year deal that he's, he has left. I think LeBron has been keeping a close eye on the Cleveland Cavaliers this year, and I also think the Lakers' management have been keeping a close eye on the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the reason why I say this is because that I feel like we all knew that LeBron was going to retire as a Cav. Yeah, The Cavs are really good right now. They have a lot of young players. And the Lakers could use a lot of young players. So I see a scenario this summer where the Lakers trade LeBron to the Cavs to get some young players. I don't think the Cavs want him. That's just going to ruin what they have right They've now. They've got such a good thing going. Yeah, that's the only... Why would they? Why would they make that deal? The only way I see this not happening is if the Cavs say no. Every other scenario here, I'm like... Did you see the sign that a fan held up last night at the, at the Lakers game? No. A fan, it's it's trending right now, a fan held up a sign. Was it in LA or was it in Phoenix? Uh, it was in Phoenix. Okay. 
Yeah, it was in Phoenix. But a fan held up a sign that said, Kobe would have played this game. Ooh. Because LeBron sat out. He played. Remember, he played that game against the Pelicans where they lost. Uh-huh. But he also proceeded to sit out the last two that essentially ended their season. A fan held up a sign that said, Kobe, Kobe would, would have played this game. Wow. That's a... That's a thinker, and also that cuts deep. Right? Like, I, it, there is some validity to that because I do there feel is. like Kobe would have, in standard, if, if the Lakers had any opportunity to make the playoffs, Kobe would have played. 100%. Whether he had one leg, two legs, no legs. Like, we've all seen the video. I don't know if you've seen the actual video of when he dislocated his finger. When Kobe, Kobe dislocates his finger. Popped it back in. And he wa- went off to the sideline. Yeah. They popped it back in, and he walks away like it was nothing. Yeah. Any other player. If you, if LeBron dislocates his finger, he's gone for a month. Two to five months. Yeah. But my, my thing is, is, is I don't, because we saw LeBron come back in that must-win game. They lost. And then proceed to sit out the next two. I don't think LeBron is sticking around here. I think he's point. done. I think he's done. I think he realized, okay, like this team is not a winning team. Nope. I don't need to push it. I won't push it. Let's move on. This team on paper, like three of the biggest names in the NBA, not making the playoffs. 17 games under 500. Yeah. They they? shouldn't be making the playoffs. 31 and 48. Yeah. Disgusting. They shouldn't be making the playoffs. Not with that fucking record. No, I'm saying no, but like this team on paper, you look at this team, like the three biggest names, like this is a big three team, but you got to remember like all the big three teams in history had a decent bench to them. Like when the, when the Warriors won with their, I mean, mind you, they were like a big five when the Warriors had their dynasty, but they had a decent bench. It's true. You had Igudala coming off the bench. Like that's who your sixth man is. Like you're going to be doing pretty well, but, um, yeah, no, this, I, I don't think Frank Vogel comes back at all, the head coach. I don't think he comes back. Um, but they finished 12, like, we extended the playoff format to 10 teams so that we could have the play-in tournament. I mean, thoughts aside on what the playoff tournament or the play-in tournament is, if you don't make the playoffs, you finish 11th. The Lakers finished 11th in the West. And this is a team that was supposed to be title favorites at the beginning of this season. Well, good riddance. They're not going to be any anything this year. They're going to be going on vacation. Apparently. To Cancun. Yeah. yeah. I feel like LeBron was already on vacation. Yeah. A team that's not going on vacation this season. Definitely not. And has now officially clinched a playoff spot, Josh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our Toronto Raptors. Our Toronto Raptors have clinched not the play-in tournament. They've clinched the playoffs, which means they are going to finish one through six. Playoffs? We talking playoffs? <laughs> they are going to finish one through six. They are going to wait to see who wins that play-in tournament, and then it will determine who they play. I can already tell you right now who they're going to play. Who are they going to play in the first round? I can already see the way this is shaping up. Like you don't the Bulls, know who's... the Bulls are in a tailspin right now. The, the Raptors are tied right now for fifth spot with the Bulls. I think the Raptors are going to finish fifth. 
You think they're going to stay? So they're fifth right now. They're going to. I think they're going to finish fifth. Okay. And play the Boston Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. I don't mind that, to be honest with you. Because I I can see the East. Um, number one, I, I think the Heat are going to finish first. I think number two are going to be the 76ers. I think number three, the Bucks. Number four, uh, the Celtics. And then number five and six, Raptors and Bulls. So uh, that would shape up four versus five, which is yeah. the Raptors versus Celtics, which isn't a matchup I'm I'm torn to, to see. I think it's, it's going to be a great matchup for both of those teams. I don't know how it's going to shape. Like, it's a tough matchup for the Raptors, mm-hmm. any of these teams, the top five teams are going to be really hard. You don't think Boston passes the Sixers here and we play the Sixers? Because I would almost rather the Sixers. I don't know. I don't want to play Joel Embiid and James Harden. The only time Joel Embiid has ever put up zero points in a game was when Siakam was guarding him. Yeah. The only time he has ever put up zero points in a game was when he had Why Siakam is he so him. scared of Siakam? Like, what is it know. that Pascal is doing to him? I don't know, but he did it. And, you know, you, we have the ability Raining to down terror down. in the eyes of the MVP. Yeah, think about it. Like, you take out the perimeter, so you take out James Harden, you take out the paint, like, that's it. You take down the Sixers. The Raptors can take down the perimeter because we have one of the tallest teams in the entire league. Our shooting guard is taller than most other players. Like, yeah, you have maybe Gary Trent and Freddie playing point guard, like taking turns playing point guard. But you have Scotty Barnes, you have OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Ken Birch. Yeah. It's a scary team to play against. Teams don't want to play against this team. The Raptors constantly have ways to slow down Joel. Mm-hmm. They always find the ways. Nick mm-hmm. Nurse is a mastermind when it comes to that, slowing down big men like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they The only thing that concerns me about the Raptors going into the playoffs is, of course, the depth. You know, like the, you don't think the Raptors have depth? I think you can continue playing your guys 38 minutes a game, but like you need... <laughs> A bench, like there is no bench here. You don't think there's a bench? You don't, I don't think the Raptors have a bench? Chris Boucher, um, I, don't, I yeah, I just don't think they have a, a good bench. Chris Boucher gets is getting, I don't know what it is about his his paint play recently, but he's been getting blocked constantly. He's a player that has the length that he should not be getting blocked as yeah, many times as he is. You don't know which Chris Chris Boucher you're gonna see. Yeah, you could exactly. see. Someone who is on fire, who plays both ends of the of the floor, mm-hmm. or you could see a guy who's completely lost on the floor. Mm-hmm. You don't know which one you're gonna get. Slim Duck needs to figure it out. He needs to put on weight. Oh God, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I was actually, I was like, oh, maybe he's not gonna say it this time. And then he's like, oh, of course he said. Uh, but I was actually at the game this past. I was at the past two games actually. Yeah. Don't want to brag, but I was at the past two games. Uh the game last night when they clinched, they dominated. Um, obviously, Trey Young put up numbers. Uh, Kevin Herter was going off, um, but the Raptors closed it out. And I feel like they, they know how to close out games right now. I was also at, because we should definitely talk about it, I was at the Sunday game when Lowry came back. And that, we ended up losing the game, unfortunately, but. To be there for that. Well, Kyle Lowry beat us. 
Kyle Lowry beat us. Yeah. To be there for that standing ovation when we just like the chills because they they did their their original like announcement of the starting roster for Miami. Yeah. They announced their starting four. Uh, then the lights went down. The lights went off. And then they played the tribute video up on the screen for Kyle Lowry. And but as soon as the lights went down, everyone started screaming because we knew what was coming. We knew Kyle Lowry was going to get his ovation. He's the greatest Raptor of all time. Can we agree on that? Yes. He's the greatest Raptor of all time. He's the we, Masai said it himself. Without a doubt. And when they played the video, I don't know if you watched them playing the video from home, but when they played the video, they played the clip of Masai saying, is Kyle Lowry the greatest Raptor of all time? Yes. Yes, he is. And when they said that, everyone got up on their feet and screamed. Because we all agree. He's the greatest Raptor of all time. Yeah, he said he's going to sign a contract with the Raptors and retire a Raptor. So it's this is how a this is his home. Well, this is also how a breakup should be, and this also <laughs> signifies. Oh, we're going into relationship talk here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like you want to end on good terms, right? Mm-hmm. And this is exact. This is the blueprint on how to do so. <clears throat> when Vince Carter left the Raptors in mm-hmm. the early two thousands, yeah, that was remember. as juvenile as a breakup as you can get. 100%. That's petty. That's when you go back to their house and trash their place. That's the kind of breakup that Vince Carter had. This saw Kyle Lowry not only dominate the Raptors, but stay after the game and shake hands with fans, sign mm-hmm. jerseys, mm-hmm. take photos in his Heat jersey. And that's the yeah. kind of that's the kind of professional Kyle Lowry is, and that is why he is cemented as the greatest Raptor of all time. Because of his professionalism, because of his loyalty to this community and this city, mm-hmm. um, and just the overall human being that he is, he made the Raptors fun to watch. Yeah, like his style of play, like his leadership for that team, like he brought this Raptors team together. If you remember, like when when Van Vliet uh, put up that fifty-four point game last season. Yeah, they were in. They went back into the locker room, and Kyle Lowry gave a speech. He talks about Van Vliet being like his younger brother, and like what he means to that team, and what that team means to Kyle Lowry. And just like you see moments like that throughout his Raptors tenure, where it's just like he made he was the the face of this team, the face of this franchise was Kyle Lowry. I know, like he's going to be. I, I really hope he comes back and plays like. Signed a new contract and plays for the Raptors one last time because I want to see him back. He'll have one last game, hundred percent. I don't know how he's going to do it because I think the Raptors are going to be a playoff team going forward. Yeah, I think they are. So like usually when a when a player comes back and they retire, it's at the end of the season. How crazy is it going to be if the matchup is the Heat versus the Raptors? If they maybe if they make it into the second round. So the Heat are first right now, right? Yeah. I mean, how wild would how that be? How emotional is that going to be? That Just, like, think about the promos for that for that series. I don't know. Where the road to the, well, to he's the no longer O'Brien trophy. We'll give you one tribute. Lowry. Next time he comes back, he's the enemy. 100%. And that should, that should be the theme for any player in any sport. We'll give you one tribute. We'll give you one game to praise you. But after that... You're just in the way. Yeah. Get your fat ass out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, 
miss that fat ass though. <laughs> miss it. Yeah, it was a great it was a great tribute that they gave yeah. to Kyle Lowry. It was uh exactly what you want to see out of a franchise do yeah. for their for their greatest player. Uh but anyways, that is our show. This was a fun one. This was it felt good to be back. Felt good. Uh, but yeah, have a great week, everyone. Stay out of those health and safety protocols. No more protocols, guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 